0: shape shapeshifters and superheroes Welcome to Marvel vs. Marvel It's the podcast where a comedian who has never read a Marvel comic book before In his life watches a Marvel movie or TV show And then they quiz a second comedian This comedian was not only taught to read with Marvel comics They're an expert on Marvel comics It's the yin and the yang of the Marvel experience Welcome to a very special edition of Marvel vs. Marvel My name's Rob Haldon, I'm a comedian, I'm a writer And you know what folks? I don't want to brag, but I'm the Marvel expert on this blooming thing. And I'm joined as ever because on my own, I am nothing. I am a crazy man in the night screaming into the wind. This podcast is driven by one very ignorant motor, and that is lubricated and pistoned by Mr. Will Preston.
1: And I can assure you that even when other people are around, I am crazy and screaming into the wind. <laughs>
0: because <laughs> I am the life and the soul of the party. Um, I don't know what I was... I, I think I was live tweeting the 1990s Doctor Who movie, TV movie once, <laughs> and there's a scene where he drops to his knees and screams at the, at the rain above him, Who am I? <laughs> and I tweeted out, I don't want to watch a movie that doesn't have that scene in it. I want all movies to have a sequence where someone drops to their knees shirtless, screaming into the wind, Who am I? (laughs) Lightning (laughs) crashes above. Um, Yes, this is the uh, Ultimate Avengers the movie episode. Um, It's a really interesting big one we've got for you today, folks, as we uh, are using an incredible kind of pre-MCU movie that is the blue... It's, 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 it's just mega. Coming up, we're going to go behind the scenes on the animated movie that laid the blueprint for the MCU. We're also going to take you behind the page on the comic books that saved Marvel and, indeed, revolutionized the entire comic book industry in the early 2000s. We'll take a look at the dark and edgy version of The Avengers from something called the Ultimate Marvel Universe. Are they good, guys? Are they bad guys? How did they influence the MCU? What's the secret history of mutants? What's the most disgusting thing the Hulk has ever done? Oh. And can the Avengers save Freddie Prince Jr. in time for him to make Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed? It's all <laughs> coming your way on the Marvel vs. Marvel today. I know Will is very excited.
1: Uh, I, I i i'm really looking forward to this one I had a great time watching it and because i know the original comic is by mark miller we're gonna have some oh boy we're gonna have some bits i'll tell you that some bits
0: me and will our whole life is watching movies and i i really really mean that it's not just like re-watching movies for this podcast Movies are just such a huge, huge part of how we relax and chill out after work. They're also like a really big part of how I socialize with um family and friends. Let me tell you what is absolutely <laughs> brutal will that is sitting around and talking to your family oh no with all their all their weird politics and opinions that they want to share with you Ugh. f that uh. I always rely on a movie, because um, there's a really good way of, like, just, it just if you can find the right one, it just, not only does it distract everyone, but it kind of also brings everyone together. If you've got, you know, if you struggle with certain family members, a movie's a really great way of you having, like, a shared experience, and you don't have to listen to them talk about how weird Uncle Bill has become recently. <laughs> Is that something you do? And I know you, I know you and your mom... You and and your fiance, you get together. Your wife, sorry, you get together and you watch uh, all sorts of movies and stuff. And you've got like uh, movies that you want to find for your mom to watch. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean,
1: it's it's one of the leading forms of conversation, film talk. I mean, why would you want to talk about how your day was gone? All our days have gone terribly. That's why we—that's why we have films to distract us from our terrible day.
0: (laughs) But I really struggle finding movies to watch. It's a real thing. I, I, I need I need it to be good, right? Yeah. It's, it's such an investment of precious free time at the end of the day. And I know you're the same. You really need to find something that is, is going to actually be worth... If you've, if you've only got five hours at the end of the day, you don't want two or three of them to be rubbish watching a film you hate. No. And Netflix recommendations suck. They're, They're so, so bad. terrible. So bad. Like, all these streaming players like all that recommended for you stuff, it's just bad algorithms pushing movies they want in on you. Would you like to watch this new movie we made? What about me makes you think I would (laughs) want to watch that? You know all that, it's just such a nightmare. And most of the time you get to that, I get stuck into that thing and all my friends are the same. You scroll, scroll, scroll for hours and then you watch something that's been recommended to you and you have to turn it off after like halfway through because it's rubbish. Mm. So you just give up on movies altogether. And and I don't know about you. Are you the same, Will? But I end up. That's why I end up watching. Like, oh, I'll just, I'll just watch all of Cheers all over again or <laughs> Seinfeld all over again because I can't find a movie I want to watch.
1: No, I, I, I I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same because there's too many, there's too many bad movies out there, and you want to find the best ones. And there's only so much limited time. Things like you could not watch all the, all films, all films. You cannot watch them within your lifetime. There's so many films, so you've got to really.
0: Hone it down. Hone it down. What's worth watching? Well, we've got the solution, folks. We've partnered up with Everlist.me, who are changing the way that we find movies. Recommendation sites fail because they're biased, and they don't take into account your personal tastes. Nope. They have no idea. Everlist fixes this by giving you movie suggestions from real people, like me and Will. Yeah. Real people. (laughs) who have exactly the same kind of taste and like the same movies that you like. So what you do is on Everlist.me, you create a list of your top favourite movies. And Everlist then matches you with other real people, not reviewers paid by a certain website to have a certain opinion and not an algorithm. Everlist will match you with real people who have the same taste as you. So when they recommend a movie, it's a recommendation you know you can trust. Best of all, it's all completely free. Yes, me and Will have gone on to Everlist.me and we've both created our our profiles and our top ten. I've gone to my top twenty actually, top movies. Um, how did we find that, Will? Because I because I used to do this in the pub <laughs> with mates. Uh, like I can remember doing this at least ten, maybe fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah a long time ago. And the list has some stayed the same, some has changed. But well, coming up with the list and then and then ranking, not just coming up with your top ten, but Oof. going well. What's number one?
1: Yeah. What
0: is the best? What do I think is my best
1: film ever? I can't. I can't do it. But I mean, I've put I've put lists together on here, uh, and I will probably get around to honing it. You know, really trim it down, expanding. You know, getting what are my best films? You, but, have you not
0: ordered yells yet, yeah. Well, I'm, you've I'm, just got your top twenty or whatever.
1: I've got top uh, twenty-two so far. And yeah. Man, I, I I did put in some ones in there that might be a bit questionable, but I put in some absolute
0: bangers in there too. What's why? What I, I mean, it's been an interesting process of going like, I've I've, I've had collating all my favourite movies and then having to go, but what 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 is kind of like top place? What is top ten? <laughs> work on the ranking later. What's top 10? And then what's okay being in the top 20? Yeah. I found that a real process. And it's been interesting to see how certain movies have changed. Like, I showed my, I got my, my, my best friend on the on the website as well, on the list, and she's like, oh, cause I, I like some Wes Anderson movies. And she said, when you did this list years ago, I remember Rushmore being your favourite Wes Anderson movie. So, But it's not even on, I went, oh yeah, it's not. And I was like, it's because when I was younger, like 15 years ago, I was so much closer to, to youth and um, stories of like unrequited love. And now I'm a broken down old man. I want the Royal Tenenbaums. I want stories of shattered families and Gene Hackman getting a second chance. Come on. It's been an interesting little experiment. Um, We both the. I think the only thing We cross overed on Will On our top ten On our top 20s Or whatever mm. We only had two Movies that crossed over Yes um, great. In the top 10 mm. We just had Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. And The Big Lebowski oh, And the yeah. rest Not a match at all Not a match um, at all it's,
1: it's, it's, it's really bizarre And you've yet to Shout at me
0: For some <laughs> of my films. personal taste Well we had We both had the uh. uh, In the Nigerians The Last Crusade Yours is in your top 10, it was in my top 20. So it's been an interesting thing to see how little or how much me and Will do or don't cross over. It's just been, it's been, it's it's weird, it's fun, it's kind of challenging, but the only challenge comes from your own mind. (laughs) Like, (laughs) is this a better movie than that? Yeah. Um, So guys, if you sign up to everlist.me, you can follow Rob Holden, you can follow Will Preston, you can check out our top 10 movies. You can share your top movies with us, see how many crossovers we have, see how much differences we have. And then you can check out our recommendations for movies and you can give us your recommendations. Um, it's all completely free, it's a load of fun to do. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm seeing who I match better with, going through their top 20, 30, 40 and going, oh, what haven't I seen? If we, if me and this person overlap so heavily, like 75%, I gotta check out movies that he's seen that I haven't seen, and that's gonna be my recommendation for the rest of the year. Um, it's a really great way of finding movies that you're gonna like, and, and and protecting that free time you've got. Um, so uh, signing up completely free. It just take it's barely barely a couple of minutes before you're signed up, and you can start sharing and putting your list together and everything like that. It's very free, very easy. Um, we've also me and Will, <laughs> we've created the official Marvel versus Marvel top. 20 superhero movies list. Um, you can go and fight. Go and follow Marvel versus Marvel on Everlist.me, and you'll be able to find our our, our selections. And that was a bloody process, wasn't it, Will? It, it, it <laughs> was mainly
1: because I'm quite stupid. But no, we. It was like negotiating. Do you know what? It was like playing was. one of those
0: trading card games. It's like I've got that. Okay, I'll I'll have that. I'll have that <laughs> because it's an extra challenge when it's two people. We've got to agree on everything to make the, the to make this podcast top ten. We've got to agree. We had six. I think initially we had six that were on both our. We separately made lists and came together. So we had six that were definitely both of us liked. Mm. So we had to negotiate the other four. Or was it? or was it four? Um, no, it, it, was, was, it was. It was. It was. It was. It was a lot of negotiating. Basically, it was four, and we had six. We had to negotiate. That yeah. was. Um, that was. I and mean, we built up into the top twenty. And I'm still furious. There's one movie that isn't in the top twenty, and I'm livid because I can't believe. That that's not in there, and I'm hoping we can get it in when we collaborate on the next 30 and 40. (laughs) So join Everlist.me. That's Everlist.me. Follow Marvel versus Marvel. Let us know. Do you agree with our top 10? superhero movie list our top 20 what's your top 10 superhero movie list where have we gone wrong where have we gone right there's a couple of controversial takes in there <laughs> um, and let us know follow and share and tell us what wants to be on there and all of that and then check out our personal ones as well our, our, our top movies that aren't to do with superheroes or they can be because Spider-Man 2's in mine um, head over to everlist.me and join the Marvel vs. Marvel gang share your movies with us check out the best new way to find records recommendations for your movie night. It is a bright, shiny, sunny day outside here in uh, in England, but I invite you all to join me away from where the sun shines to a land where there is no sun, there is no light, it is dark, it is murky, it is a quagmire, a muddy, muddy quagmire, a swamp like infested. All right, calm pit. down. Of ignorance. It's the mind of Will Preston. It's the mind of a muggle, a man that knows nothing about Marvel. Um, It's a great place. I like to come here every week.
1: Yeah, okay, um, okay. That's, that's, that was a nice switcheroo <laughs> at the end because this is like, oh, God, no wonder I'm on antidepressants. This is <laughs> ritualized bullying from someone who I work very nicely with. Anyway, yeah, let's go into my muggly mind. What's your muggly mindy question? <laughs>
0: um well uh, what i'd like to know will is had you ever kind of seen or come across this uh animated movie at any stage in the past was or was the avengers like your first encounter of uh of the avengers that uh, it was
1: the 2012 live action movie i don't i, t- I tend to steer away from animated movies uh, mm. and superhero movies because I just think of it as like oh yeah that's the people who are really into it you know people who really want to see an adaptation or it's stuff that's just for kids and teenagers and I think nah I, I, I'm, I'm okay I'd rather stick with the one timeline if you will I'd that's stick really the interesting timeline.
0: I think yeah. there's kind of two things going on there I think that timeline thing is interesting Yeah. do you think that plays a part in, in why DC's movie output can be an upward struggle for some people because yeah. you're being asked to accept multiple different versions of Batman and the Joker and, you well, know, I mean, and some are connected and some aren't.
1: Well, i always remember when we were doing that Radio Times thing and you were like, they're going to have a different thing for this, different thing for that when with DC you're looking at. Okay, we're going to have a Batman film and a Joker, another Joker film and a different Batman film and they're there going mm-hmm. like, for me, I'm like, okay, I, I can separate them. But as a, the average audience member, you're kind of going, okay, do these connect? Do, yeah. yeah. So when it comes to stuff like the animated stuff, I'm there going like, okay, what's this going to offer me? that a, a, a big-budget live-action film can't. So I see it as a kind of like, no, I, I, I'm okay, thanks. I'd rather watch the live-action one. But, and do they yeah. feel,
0: like, less official to you? I... As a muggly like, man, this isn't this isn't the real movie. Yeah. This is just the cartoon version of the movie. It's
1: on the surface, it always looks like an unofficial version of the movie that people put. But as as I've discovered from Planet Hulk and indeed this, that that that's not the case. Uh, but it always felt like that to me when I when I saw these advertised or or on the streaming. Uh, sites are in the, in the HMV, Rob. you remember the old HMVs we used to have back in the day? It's
0: where I got this movie from, baby. Yeah. Love the HMV. There we go. Um, I, we, me and Will uh, have been coming up with our top ten movie list recently, yeah. and I have to say, I haven't even considered... I think only... Oh, that's not true. One cartoon came up, um, Batman Mask of Phantasm. Yes. But yes. in general, when, I, when someone's asked me to list my favourite movies... An animated film, I I might get through a hundred movies before I get to an animated movie. Yeah. It, 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 I, I just, and it's not, that I, it's not that I think, I don't know, I don't want to say I think less of them, but I, I think I might, uh, kind of like unconsciously. I just place animated movies in a completely different kind of category and a completely different kind of place in my mind than "Quote unquote" real movies, but it's not only that. A lot of them are straight to DVD,
1: straight to video. So you, when you see straight to DVD, straight to video, I always think, ah, they're probably not that good then.
0: Sure, absolutely, yeah. But I just mean I'm, mm. I'm talking about your Pixar's and your. Oh you yeah, know, yeah. I'm talking about all of those. It would be, it might be a long, long time before I got to an animated movie in my top one hundred. I just think I place them in a. In a, I must admit, uncon and I don't mean to denigrate any of the incredible people's work on in these incredible movies that I've seen, but. I do just think of them as a as a as a different slash slightly lower category, yeah. and I go above that is a proper movie with yeah. people and cars and apples, um, and <laughs> <a> <laughs> the
1: real three main things—not a drawing
0: of an apple, a real one. Um, yeah, and that might be you know, funny, an old an old an old man in me um, bursting to get out. What's interesting about your take there mm. is that it's actually about. These being kind of uh, not the real ones, yeah. I think that that that, it, that grinds down a, to it. It's a, but it's also a post MCU position because mm-hmm. when these movies came out, we had been blighted by <laughs> Batman and Robin, right? <laughs> yes, we'd had um, X Men, which had been moderately successful. Spider Man been very successful. The idea of there ever being all these heroes together in one movie. We were never going to get the Avengers. I don't think that was even a thought bubble in anyone's minds when when these came out. So for long-term avid comic book fans, like you said, that's who it's for. For avid comic book fans, this was it. This was like, we actually get an Avengers movie. And animation was as close as we thought we were ever going to get. And being that it was an animated movie and not like a saturday morning kids cartoon thing on the cartoon network or fox kids or whatever being that it had a a slightly more mature rating mm. it was all kind of kind of um very exciting i remember being very enthused by uh, cuz i i used to read you know uh, sfx magazine and uh, empire magazine and, and wizard magazine yes and the n- knew that marvel was putting going to be putting out a series of these Animated movies over the next few years and being like, "Oh, man, because you know I, we did not know that Iron Man was going to happen." So this was uh, a really exciting kind of, or it was an option, and it mm. I think it felt like it was going to be the best option. Um, and it's not a bad, not a bad option if you've got, you know, if this is all we ever got. Yeah, um, it's not. It's not too bad. It's a. It's a good. It's a good crack of the whip, and yep. I think a, a good point that you raised though is that. It's clearly for seasoned fans. Yes, incredibly so. And that might be a positive, it might be a negative. Let's find out. I crawl out of my pit. (laughs) Thank you. Vines and swamp-like material clinging to my legs. Smelly detritus. (laughs) Wasn't that your nickname? And I reach... I reach for the only man that can help me now to illuminate the night sky. I turn to one man to bring light into the darkness of my life after I've been into the mind of a muggle. I need Mr. Hollywood. Mr. Hollywood. (laughs) Uh, i i I ring the hollywood phone (laughs) and activate the hollywood signal um mr hollywood what can you tell us rake through the the trash cans of hollywood and bring us the dirt on this movie ultimate avengers the
1: movie right let's start from the beginning in 2004 marvel entertainment the parent company of marvel comics struck a deal with lionsgate entertainment to produce a series of Eight to ten direct to video animated movies under the name of Marvel Animated Features in conjunction with Marvel Studios, Marvel's direct film
0: subsidiary. Eight to ten. That's yeah. nine. Just to let you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, we'll just, just
0: average it out. They they seem to struggle with that figure, not me. They're 10. clever. Eight to nine eight to ten, that's nine. Bang in the middle. I'm really glad uh, we have a math genius amongst us. Uh, I don't know why whoever wrote this couldn't look at how many they actually produced and put that figure down. It was eight. Great, put eight down. <laughs> I think that, I was, the that, initial, that, the, that yeah, was the yeah, initial. That was the initial thing, Rob.
1: <laughs> you know how time works. You have one idea and then it changes because of other factors. That's what happened here, Rob. Oh right, I see. Yeah. Marvel Entertainment and Lionsgate created the animation studio MLG Productions in order to produce this and the subsequent Marvel videos. Executive producer Avi Arad told the crew... Hey! Cre- hey. <laughs> Avi, Avi, Avi Arid. Oh, <laughs> Told the crew to not just make a good animated movie, but make a great movie by any standards. It was the first in a line of direct dvd videos released by Lionsgate Home Entertainment and was chosen as the first animated video as it allowed them to bring together so many different well-known personalities. That,
0: so whilst there'd been... I think that's kind of important that, that we didn't often get... You know, there the, the would be... Y- how many how many Marvel cartoons had there been? You know, I guess I guess the X Men, but the X Men don't feel like cause the X Men aren't separate heroes coming together.
1: Yeah. So we've had the
0: Fantastic Four, and we've had Spider Man, we've had the X Men, but this is like putting together separate super. Although perhaps to someone that hasn't doesn't know the Marvel comics, it doesn't feel like it. To us at home, it's like, oh, we're getting a whole bunch of them together. Yeah. Um. And whilst DC had done that with Justice League. Um, and that was fantastic when that came out. Um, Marvel hadn't really, hadn't really done it. They hadn't really gotten a crack of the whip yet.
1: The filmmakers chose to produce Ultimate Avengers in the traditional 2D cell animation process, as opposed to the trend of computed generated animation, which had become wildly popular in the 2000s. Producer Craig Kyle explained that he believed traditional animation remains a powerful medium for conveying character emotion on screen. This movie is adapted from the incredibly popular Marvel comic, The Ultimates, presenting a modern and updated version of The Avengers. Screenwriter Greg Johnson said adapting a comic story is really no different than adapting any other form of literature for the screen in my opinion. The first thing you have to do is take it apart and determine what will translate and what won't. The characters, for example, they were so fully realised in the books that they made the jump from page to screen fairly easily.
0: They th- we we talked about how the MCU what it has to do is kind of distill and crystallize sixty odd years of <laughs> storytelling and character work to go well. What is the the main kind of what what are the key aspects of Captain America's character? Yeah, is it stuff from the forties? Is it weird stuff from the fifties which mm-hmm. doesn't count? Is it the Silver Age sixties stuff where he's kind of whiny, or, or is it the latest stuff? Like, what is the yeah? What is wh- how do you do that? What this movie has the immense benefit of, Will, is that they don't have to think about that. They have to read the ultimate comic book series where Mark Miller and Brian Hitch have done that for them and adapt <laughs> that. They, that comic book series has already done that process of the crystallization and the distillation of these characters. And this, that, that comic book series, and, and maybe this movie is is a huge, huge part of the blueprint that the m c u followed, yeah, and it's so much easier for a filmmaker or a screenwriter that doesn't really have any a long comic book experience to go well here's um here's uh twenty four issues that tells you everything you need to know about these characters. You take that rather than, here's five truckloads of comics. (laughs) Get to work, monkey.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it is a gargantuan task in some places, but they know what they're doing. Despite being animated movie, Marvel's target demographic with this movie was older than most cartoons. The subject matter was more adult in tone, and it had a PG-13 rating, the very first time Marvel animation had
0: such a rating. (laughs) Did you, like, notice or feel that, that PG-13 rating compared to, you know, some of the other... Like, compared to an X-Men animated series or a Spider-Man or a Batman kind of thing, did you feel that more mature tone and stuff?
1: It had a more mature tone. It, was like, it wasn't, like, all-out violence, per se, but it did feel darker and more like a, a regular film in terms of dialogue, in terms of how the yeah. characters are, in terms of narrative. It didn't have, like, per se, like... Uh, like an, like the X Men cartoon from the '90s, where you do get edging towards some maturer themes, but there's they have this dialogue and this <laughs> bombastic way of doing it, where it's like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a kids' cartoon. And
0: and you after a while, you realise that nobody can throw a punch, and nobody, Wolverine never uses his claws on anything other than the walls and doors and stuff. Yeah, like <clears throat> that kind of builds up. Um, I don't, I don't, but I, I don't think you wouldn't look at the 2012 avengers movie and say oh that's a a vi- that's got lots of violence in it <clears throat> i think this movie has probably the same level of Just so of fun. violence you know there's not like there's not like a overtly overtly kind of violent the fight scenes in this and in and and the live action movie but and people die but i don't yeah. think it's like you wouldn't walk out of avengers and go what a violent film <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be fair, though, I think most superhero films are violent, really, aren't they? I mean, They have but, fighting in them. They but have I fighting. Because when you say something's violent, you have to go, what, is there a lot of fighting? Is there a lot of gore? Is there torture? Is there mm. dismemberment? What is the violence? Because violence can be anything from there was a punch-up to uh, someone got blown apart into a red mist.
0: It's that kind of... It's whatever thing. it's whatever your mum decided violence was as a kid and what you weren't allowed to watch. Yeah. I I never I never know because my, my like my mom and my parents were kind of you know I I wasn't allowed to go to things with guns were not allowed, mm. but superheroes, comic books, all that was fine. Cartoons were always fine, and as I've said before, I got away with watching wrestling, which has which you would <laughs> think is very violent, but. I you know that was that was fine. There were no guns in it.
1: With wrestling, what always uh, made me laugh was whenever someone hits someone with a steel chair. The camera always cut away to the audience at the point of impact, which I found funny.
0: That's because you're watching a UK edited version on like a Saturday morning, right? Okay,
1: okay. That's a shame. Yeah, they yeah. they they had to
0: they had to do that for Sky Sports and stuff. That's mad. That's absolutely mm. mad.
1: Anyway, Greg Johnson spoke about the PG thirteen rating. The action sequences are fairly intense, a result of the freedom I enjoy in writing them. I got to really open up the floodgates on his on, on action scenes. <coughs> that level of fighting would never make it through traditional broadcast standards. For the first time in my career, I was able to have animated characters die. Not that I did so gratuitously, but by showing death, the stakes get so much higher for the characters, <coughs> and the tension of the scenes go up dramatically."
0: I think when you start to think of it in terms of what would be allowed on broadcast television and those Mm -hmm. standards, you do start to see the movie. If you compare this movie to like a live-action movie, you probably go, oh, it's a bit tamer. But if you compare it to X-Men, the animated series, for instance, or the Spider-Man animated series, stings of that ilk in the 90s, you go, oh, gosh, yeah, they would never be able to broadcast this. No, 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 no. How many many soldiers die at the start and how many... How many, you know, how many times Cap stabs a guy with his shield and stuff? Oh God, I forgot they have a base. They
1: basically do animated Saving Private Ryan at the beginning. I forgot. We'll get to that. We'll get to the yeah. Yeah. That's 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 PG rating for uh, PG thirteen rating deserved for that alone. So the film was directed by Kurt Gider, Stephen E. Gordon, and Bob Richardson, who worked on Marvel projects such as X Men, X Men Evolution, Wolverine and the X Men, and Ultimate Spider Man. Producer Craig <laughs> Kyle, who is also a writer on this movie, has worked on previous Marvel projects, including X-Men Evolution and Spider-Man, the new animated series. Kyle's success on the X-Men cartoon led Marvel Comics to recruit him as the writer for various X-Men comics. Kyle would go on to uh, be a producer on the Thor movies, and one of the writers of Thor
0: Ragnarok. Craig Kyle and <clears throat> Christopher Yost, who, who kind of uh, worked mm-hmm. on uh, I think this happened in X-Men Evolution. It might be Wolverine and the X-Men. I can't remember. I think it's X-Men Evolution. They introduce a uh, a, a brand new character for the cartoon called X-23, mm, <clears throat> yes. who is a young female clone of Wolverine. Mm. And that character was so popular that Marvel were like, we want to put this character in the comics. They brought in Craig Kyle, Christopher Yost, and went right, right as an issue where that character is introduced into the Marvel Universe and... <clears throat> that character's gone on to become a, a very, very popular character. Replaced Logan as the official Wolverine when he was dead and stuff. Oh, and damn. It's one of the very, very few times... I, you know, it. <clears throat> it's akin to uh, Harley Quinn going from the animated series into the comic books.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, because that, that, people forget that, that she was created <coughs> from the Batman animated yeah, series. Yeah, Bruce Timm and those guys, yeah. Bruce Timm, and originally... She was supposed to not have any speaking parts. She was supposed to be one of the people in the background who just looks like a, mm. a, 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 a sidekick, and then they, they gave her a very memorable voice. <clears> and <throat> There we go. One of the most popular DC characters uh, of recent history. Ultimate Avengers: The movie made over nine million dollars in US
0: DVD sales alone. I mean, that's that's good. No, no cinema release. No cinema release. This at all. is just <clears throat> this is just a DVD in a shop. You 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 know about this because you've seen it in a magazine, maybe mm. or maybe you know kids in in Walmart in in the supermarkets, the mega marts or whatever are going to see a cartoon thing and ask their mom for it. But <clears throat> it's got a PG thirteen rating, so I guess that 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 audience is now. It's it's just for like you you kind of older your teens and your your people in there kind of your adult. What's the other one? Adults. It's for your older teens and your adults and stuff. Mm. And it's you know without the big media push, without. You know, it's not. It's not the TV. It's not Transformers the movie spinning off from the very popular free TV show everyone watches. (laughs) It's not the DVD movie. It's not the DVD of the big movie that's been out in the cinema. You know what I mean? It doesn't Mm. have this big marketing push. To clear nine million dollars is is in 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 US alone. So it would have done more than that. Europe and abroad and everything. That's pretty big. Yeah, it's very impressive. A sequel to this movie titled Rise of the Black Panther
1: was released just six months later and made another $7 million in US sales. So again, wow. The success of Ultimate Avengers led to six other animated movies being released by Marvel over the next few years, giving fans Iron Man, Thor, Hulk,
0: and Doctor Strange movies. I I remember getting them all. I remember... Like making, I I got I got this one from HMV. I got them all from HMV. It was a regular trip. I was I forget what I've been doing at the time, but <clears throat> making regular trips there and um, yeah, and and getting. I think one of these I didn't get because it was kind of like a, it was called the Next Avengers, and it was basically mm. Avengers kids in the future. <laughs> and I, apparently, it's actually good, but I I it didn't look like it was serious enough for me. Did, apparently, it's yeah. it's quite good.
1: That has the same vibes as that Simpsons episode where uh, Alan Moore's on it, and then Milhouse is going, oh, could you sign my copy of Watchmen Babies? And it's just like Muppet Baby style, but they're all surfing, and the episode's called V for
0: Vacation. (laughs) I don't know if you were... When I was a kid, there was um, uh, a Popeye cartoon called Popeye and Son, and it was basically Ah, all the characters from the old Popeye comic strip and cartoon their kids were now at a high school because high school no. drama was so popular in the 80s or whatever. And they all surfed. Of so it was like do. a surfing movie and it was just the kids of, of everyone. And, and Popeye had like a son who was really like gorgeous blonde hair and good looking and a, and a cool kid. He wasn't like, nah, 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 with a weird twisted face and ridiculous <laughs> arms. He didn't look like a collection of elbows. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a, a weird attempt to like take a property and go, but the kids, the kids are young and they're all good looking and they try to kiss each other. I, I remember um,
1: seeing a similar thing, but it never got, I think they did a pilot, the series didn't do anything. I think they're going to have Gotham High, whereas all the characters from Batman
0: in high school, but it only yeah. it didn't I, get, I, I, I saw I a screenshot know. of I, it. I thought they made that. I, I, I thought I thought bu- there was a Buffy one that never got made. Oh god. But I thought they made Gotham High. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I remember seeing a screenshot from it on a kind of cracked
1: article and it was basically, yeah, this uh, it either got canceled after one season or it didn't it got a pilot or it didn't get past that stage and it was just mm. like that looks weird. Anyway, So, these movies were so successful, even DC Comics decided to get involved. The year after Ultimate Avengers, DC followed the same model Marvel had established, releasing their own animated DVD movies for a mature audience of dedicated comic book fans, beginning with The Death of Superman in 2007.
0: Um, That was a big one. I remember that being, throughout the 90s, there was always this Mm -hmm. thing of, in Wizard Magazine and stuff... The next movie's going to be... They're going to bring Superman back, but it's going to be the death of Superman. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's going to be the death and, and return of Superman. They're going to do two movies. They're going to do this. They're going to... they are gonna Because they're gonna the death of Superman is a absolutely huge moment in the history of comic books. It's a huge cultural touchstone. Of, and we never got it. Yeah. <clears throat> and then when they started to do animated movies, the, this it felt like to the community was like, well, we ne- we're never going to get the death of Superman movie. Mm. but they can do it in a cartoon, animated movie. And that ties into this thing of, we're never going to get all the heroes together for the Avengers, but they could do it in an animated movie. And that's what yeah. it felt like we were getting with these animated movies.
1: Yeah, um, I've got The Death of Superman lined up to read.
0: Is it, is it a good one? Define good one. Did you like it, Rob? I, I think... Um, generally speaking, in the trade that I had, the trade collection that I had of it, the artwork was great all the way through, mm. consistent. I know it's Jerry Ordway. <clears throat> it's an interesting story. It, 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 it certainly has big emotional moments. It, it it's it, it's hard to kind of read it in a vacuum of yeah. knowing that the story is really Superman dies for a bit and then he comes back. Um, but it was a tumultuous time, and it was a really weird. I mean, I kind of, as a, as a kid, was like, "Well, I, I guess Superman's going to come out from the dead. He's not going to stay dead." But then he <laughs> stayed dead for ages, and it was like, and all the characters came along. It was, it, it was, it was, it was interesting. Um, <clears throat> is it good? Ah, uh, difficult question when it comes to '90s comics, especially ones that I read loads when I was a child. Mm. I, I, I struggle to know if I were to reread it now with a fresh mind, would I like it? I don't know. But we, Will, are not here to discuss the death of Superman. Mm-hmm. Context is everything here on Marvel vs. Marvel because these movies, the TV shows, they don't happen in a vacuum. They don't happen on their own. They exist as a wider part of the plate spinning that is popular culture. Um, so it's important that we take a little look at what was going on in the world. In 2006, when, um, <clears throat> when this movie came out, on the DVD shelves for the first time. Uh, Will, do you know what you were doing in 2006? How old were you? Oh God, I was uh, 19. I was 19. Oh God, yeah. I this was. This, oh
1: this, this, <laughs> this, <laughs> I was 19. Oh God, I was. Oh God, 19. Uh, God, how dare you prove to me the linear nature of time, Rob? I was you...
0: stabbed by a bull.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, me I remember.
1: This was in between me dropping out of college and then reattending college the next year. Uh, but I I was in a band at the time, working in a bingo hall, uh, and I had oh, long, long that's hair. brilliant. I, know. I
0: was I was in well, a band and working in a bingo hall. hall. Mad when times when I man. met you.
1: Yeah, but this was in Gosport, so <laughs> could could, it could be better. But no, no, it was it was, it was it was all right. It was a bit uh, one of those in betweeny parts of my life where I was like, what am I doing? And then I found out what to do. What
0: How was about, it? What what was the thing to do?
1: sort my life play out. video okay.
0: games for sixteen hours a day. I was doing that already that's why I All reached right. that point
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i was um so i would have been twenty three hmm. I think I would have been managing a cinema oh. um i think i was i think uh, if I, if it wasn't then it was i think it was within that year i was the um i went there for a couple of years already. Uh, front of house, shoveling popcorn and cleaning toilets. Ooh, nice. uh, and then I got the call, we're going to promote your kid. We're going to give you the big job. And I was assistant manager. <laughs> we're putting manager. a team was... together. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I had a general manager who n- virtually never came to work. Um, that was a lot of fun. So it was me and this and this other manager who was... An, an, uh, it was nice to me. He was kind of an oddball character and he couldn't make a decision. So he couldn't tell staff off. He couldn't discipline staff. He couldn't do anything. So I was left running a cinema, basically, with, with no money. Well, you know, better than was on. <clears throat> but I remember it was a lot of, um, like, you spend all this time, you spend two years, like, working for the management and then you get up to the office and very quickly I realised, ah, oh, there's an hour of stuff to do in the morning and there's yeah. an hour in the middle of the day and an hour at the end and I'm doing a 12-hour shift and in between, there's nothing to do if if nothing happens. <laughs> it was it was for a time amazing. Yeah, but this is there's no there's no smartphone, mm. there's no social media. So I've got I, I was on message boards like you wouldn't believe. I was I was doing all sorts. I I, I was writing and I was just trying to I was my big MySpace at the time. Yeah, but it was just nothing to do for ages and ages and ages. And I yeah. That was what I was doing in 2006. Um, in the rest of the world, a whale uh, swam its way up the River Thames. In, in London, do you remember this? Yeah, I remember this. I remember this. <laughs> uh, they, they just turned it around and sent it back. Um, it didn't <laughs> die. Uh, Pluto is downgraded from a planet to a dwarf planet.
1: Boo! Boo! Um, Think of their feelings.
0: <laughs> uh, Google gets purchased... Sorry, YouTube gets purchased by Google... 1.65 billion that seems like a steal now doesn't it yeah absolute steal now but that's inflation we're just talking, for you we were just talking um, right before the show about uh youtube users i i i watch i watch tons of youtube i watch mm-hmm. i think about f- six or seven podcasts on 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 uh, on youtube um so I use it an awful lot. I use it for my music as well. Um so for some people it's a massive, massive I don't think you use it that much do you? I use it fair, I mean I use it every day for just
1: things but it's mostly like oh I need to just you know, I want to check a funny clip or I need to use an instructional video.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah I mean it, it that's another thing. Like I know, I don't have to buy a book ever again. Mm. If I've got a if I got to put a shelf up, I just use Google. If I got to change <laughs> something in a car, I use Google. <laughs> The Idiot's
1: idiots Guide series has just gone down the pan ever since then.
0: Uh, Steve Irwin the crocodile whisperer was killed by a stingray. Yeah. Um, that was a sad time. Mm-hmm. Um in music uh, Lordy won Eurovision a metal band a Scandinavian metal band or oh, no, yeah this Scandinavian they band, no. well, I mean they
1: they looked like guar and they played chugging riffs and it was quite metal you know not that metal but yeah entertaining. I didn't
0: I didn't ask if you were the metal I asked if they're Scandinavian.
1: Oh yeah this guy I think they were from yeah.
0: Finnish Finland Finland yeah. Green Day's, I can't believe this, Green Day's Boulevard of Broken Dreams wins record of the year at the Grammys. What a terrible year it must have been. (laughs) It's it's
1: not a bad song. It's not bad, but I always think Green Day are quite dull.
0: Yeah. They're quite dull. I I had the album when I was a kid, and Mm. I was discovering kind of... Interested music for the first time But you know We all quickly grow up yes. uh, New York City Music Club CBGB's closes down After a lengthy rent dispute Boo There we go uh, Top singles Crazy by Niles Barkley <laughs> um, Can you give us a bit of that Will? <laughs> i I get crazy <laughs> i
1: get crazy Amazing
0: um, Hips Don't Lie by Shakira Can you give can't, us a bit of that Will? I can't remember that one <laughs> I know some Shakira But not that one I don't feel like Dancing by the Sisters um, Boys Will Be Boys by The Ordinary Boys Oh god, The Ordinary Boys <laughs> The Ordinary and... Boys, whatever will they think of next <laughs> And Maneater by uh, Nelly Furtado um, The top five singles of the year yeah. Not the best song called Maneater as well the,
1: the better song of obviously by Hall and Oates What's that one go like? Oh here she comes Watch out boy She'll chew you up
0: Oh, I mean here she obviously comes. I know I just really wanted to hear you sing Michael. He's a man um, eater. In the world of television Seinfeld actor Oh gosh we've got some things To talk about here uh, Michael Richards went on a racist rant While doing stand up um, yeah. <laughs> yeah So bad It was very hard I don't know if oh. you Did you ever see the interview On Jay Leno after
1: Well I was, I was just about to say I remember watching the video Reading about the context Of what happened and There was I think it was Letterman he was on it was, He was on no, Letterman No no it's, it was No David. no
0: it's Leno <laughs> Oh wait it's because went, yeah
1: so
0: so so what happens is he doesn't want to appear in person. Yeah. His best friend Jerry Jerry is really close with Jay Leno. Yeah. So Jerry goes on the Leno show for him. That was it. And and then they introduce him live via satellite. Oh. And as he's trying to give his apology via satellite, the very nature of who Michael Richards is and a slight He's not. He's not trying. He's not trying to do anything other than apologize. Yeah. But as he's trying to be sincere and honest, the audience starts laughing. Yeah. And it's Michael so, Richards yeah. is 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 embarrassed, and he's like, "Oh God, what have I done?" And everything like that. It's a wild series of things to learn about. Also, I've never heard. I, I mean, there is no reason for. A, there is no justification of reason for a racist rant. But I'm a stand-up. I've been heckled before. I don't understand the leap in your mind to go, you know what I'd be hilarious. <laughs> um It's mad. I used to when I used to work in a pub and I'd be going home late at night, or even when I worked in the dinner, we'd go home late at night and you'd be in the taxi ranks or you'd be in the um kebab houses or whatever, you you'd see that there are some people that <laughs> they seem to be racist when they've had a few drinks. And you, yeah. know, well, I've I've been drunk a lot in my lifetime. I've it's never I've never been so drunk. I made a racist attack on a taxi driver. Very peculiar. Let's yeah. move on. Uh, Dexter airs its first episode. I enjoyed Dexter for a good couple of seasons. See, maybe up to season four. Up to season four, I watched it too, and I've read the book. I've never seen a show fall off a cliff <laughs> harder and faster than Dexter. <laughs> it is br- uh, 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 some sitcoms. Like I don't know if you know that 70s show. I I watched bits of it. They just keep loot. They keep like hemorrhaging actors as they go along, right? Yeah. And the final in the final season, they lose the main actor, replacing with someone else. They record one episode, and that guy gets a better job offer. So the guy that's meant to replace the main guy, they then have to kill off in his second episode, and then replace him with another main. It's embarrassing, right? That's but so bad. That's that kind of sitcoms kind of go through that churn sometimes. Yeah, but Dexter. Is a like a prestige drama that didn't have major people leave. It just wrote itself off a cliff. Yeah. Um, first episode, of Life on Mars, airs on the BBC. I just didn't really ever enjoy or get it. I I I I pushed. I, I I didn't bother with it for years
1: and years and years. No, like the last two or three years, I finally got around to watching
0: it. And Ashes to Ashes, and I said I I enjoyed both of them. I really really loved it. It's oh. one of those ones where the the they should never have given you an explanation or a conclusion. Yeah. Because it sucked.
1: Yeah. It's, it's it was, sucked. It was expected. The end of Ashes to Ashes sucks. It was kind of like a bit like, oh, we're getting a bit meta
0: now and a bit like this. An and angel. Like, yeah.
1: He's actually an angel. Like, sure, shut up. And it's like, yeah, um, all right. I
0: don't know why this one's on here. The first episode of the IT crowd as Cool.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I thought you would delete that one, or like, not bother reading it.
0: There we go. I'm ready? But no, you
1: just use it as ammunition against me. That's
0: right, baby. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the movie world, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen releases Borat, the controversial mm. mockumentary based on his Kazakhstan alter ego. It gains an Oscar nomination for best writing, as well as a lot of legal action <laughs> from the film's participants. It was a wild thing to watch. It I was couldn't watch. Really it. Exci- it was really like yeah. Um, yeah, it was really exciting to watch it's, yeah. It was too much for me I remember watching
1: it the first time And I kept stopping it going, oh this is too much But the second time I watched it oh, do you, I was do you get that kind second hand
0: embarrassment?
1: It's the second hand embarrassment, it was just too much And then the second time and third time I watched it I was just howling, enjoying it It's oh, just good. so good, such a good film My
0: my best friend, she can't stand anything like that uh, Um Occasionally, as a special treat on my birthday, I'm allowed to make her watch something like *Impractical Jokers*. Oh, I've heard of that. <laughs> and it, uh, *Impractical Jokers*? It's great. Just, they just they do all these pranks in public on each other, and it's always embarrassingly based. And it she turns inside out. It's hilarious. Oh no! Uh, Daniel Craig debuts as James Bond in *Casino Royale*, uh, which went on to be a financial and critical success. It's the best of the new ones. And then they. Oh, you, you didn't like *Skyfall*, did you? No. Nah. That's a shame. I thought Skyfall was the best of the new ones, but Casino Royale, very good. Which one was Skyfall?
1: Skyfall? Not the last one. Skyfall was not the. Oh, God, the last one. It's the one where they terrible. go to
0: Scotland and find the old car. It's a stupid movie. No, it's stupid great Stupid movie. It's, it's good. a stupid movie. Um, they undo all the good work of Casino Royale and manage to put back into place all the things from the 1970s that were tired. Great. JJ uh, Abrams <laughs> takes the reins of the Mission Impossible franchise, steering it into a more successful direction. So that I guess that is uh, the fourth one then. The
1: Third one, yeah, because the first one was Brian De Palmer, second one was John Wu. And I prefer the second think, one's terrible. The second <laughs> one I like to think of, yes, it's canon,
0: but exists as a fever dream that Ethan Hunt was having in between films. <laughs> Uh the third one I enjoyed cuz uh Philip Seymour Hoffman is fantastic in it as we discussed before really oh, yeah. terrifying villain. The highest-grossing films of 2006 Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest bringing in uh over a billion. Yeah, we're in uh, the billions da da Vinci, now baby. The da, da Vinci Code no. 760 million. That's a lot of
1: uh, a lot of money to pay the, a famous man to look at a red cup. I was
0: waiting for that. Yes, yes, Um, you know it. I saved a meltdown, 660 million. Casino Royale, 606 million. Night at the Museum, 574 million. I like Night at the Museum. It's really good fun. I've never seen any of them. They're worth watching. What did I just say? Yeah, but you might go, I liked it. You might not, Will. It's really good fun. Really good fun. It's got um, Alan Partridge and Owen Wilson as best buddies in it. It's uh, Robin Williams in it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it. Then I'll watch it. Um, so in in two thousand six, superhero movies. Uh, do you remember when we would, we were lucky to get two in a year? <laughs> I mean, one of these. Yeah,
1: you, what are the first of all? What are the two films? Rob,
0: X Men: Last Stand Ray. and Superman Returns. We had a nice both conversation about Superman Returns, yeah. both involving the powerhouse of Brandon Ruth. Oh my God! Wait a minute, Brandon Ruth. X- no, 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 no. Who's the other guy? Who, who, who plays Singer? Cyclops? Who
1: plays Cyclops? Oh, James Thingy.
0: Yeah, because he's the he's, other guy in course. Superman Returns as well. Um, in fact, I believe they write him out of X Men Last Stand so we can go and shoot Superman Returns. <laughs> um, that's why he's he's killed off so early. Um, yeah, Superman Returns is, is is um I have always had a a a place for it. Um, I like its aesthetic. I like the mm-hmm. way it tells a story. Uh, not enough fighting in it, though. People didn't like it. Um, Marvel Comics in 2006 is an incredible year, Will. Oh, yeah. We get Decimation, um, the fallout from House of M, where the mutant population is reduced from tens of millions to 198 mutants left in the world. And the population is just falling apart, and the cult, the community is falling apart. In space, we get the first annihilation war, as we've mm. documented, as the uh, the insect-like wave comes uh, swooping in from the negative zone to destroy mm. planets, um, and we kind of get the start of the Guardians of the. So we get a rebooted, retooled drax the destroyer we get a retooled gamora we we start to get the building blocks of the guardians of the galaxy the hulk lands on planet hulk what a coincidence yay um, and we get the planet hulk storyline and we mm. also get civil war like this is a massive massive year God, that's um, even bigger than what we got for superhero movies it's mad it's a mad year 2006 is kind of mm. the start or maybe 2005 is the start of this incredible year for marvel Let's take a little trip behind the page now, as we take a really good, solid look at the Ultimate Marvel Universe—a separate imprint of Marvel comic books being published by Marvel—and a separate universe full of different/slash rebooted version of the of the regular Marvel characters. Um, it kind of—I mean—it started line-wide, but really, it was Spider-Man that that is the. The thrust for this. By by 2001, Spider-Man's personal history had gotten very, very dense. As had most of the characters. X-Men characters, the Avengers characters. um, Dense to a degree that that became impenetrable to a lot of new readers. Or certainly that was the thinking. If we take Spider-Man as an example. By this point in 2001, he'd gone to college then he'd graduated from college, he'd gotten married to a supermodel, and then (laughs) his Aunt May died. He was then cloned, his clone died, his Aunt May came back from the dead, his marriage was erased through a deal with the devil, and on and on and on and on and on. Comics' most relatable superhero, Spider-Man, was no longer relatable. And more than that, 60 years' worth of storytelling... Had taken characters like Spider Man and the X Men, who whose selling point was that they were teenagers, young people, and packed on decades of stories and changes that just—it's impossible to do anything other than have aged them. Um, who wants to read about, you know, married teacher Spider Man? <laughs> Is that something we find relatable? In the in the nineties, the, the 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 comic industry in America. Worldwide, really, but mainly America's driving force, had really substantially declining sales. So there's this figure. is a combined annual sales from all publishers, which in 1993 had been roughly a billion dollars. That was the turnover of, of the industry. And then it declined by the end of the 90s to just 270 million. A staggering, staggering drop-off in figures so the comic book bubble that held comic books as valuable collectible items that bubble burst and in addition the i mean batman and robin took a real hammer and axe to the comic book industry it it it's 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 strange how just something that um, purely bad creative decisions can destroy a franchise and affect an industry. And Batman and Robin did. The the really bad reception that the Batman and Robin movie received cast doubts on the prospects of there being any other comic book movies. Um, we saw that when Blade is a successful movie and we can't find a single a single mention of the comic book in its promotion. Could we? We couldn't find any of that when we looked at Blade. No, 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 no. Blade Blade is advertised as vampires are hot. Here's a new vampire movie. <laughs> Who, where's his character come from? Never you mind, Sonny Jim. Keep moving. <laughs> Don't mention Batman and Robin. Um... And so that was a, a real issue for the comic book industry. Um, Marvel Comics goes through Chapter 11 bankruptcy after some really bad mismanagement that was an, a court case over misappropriation of funds and things. Loads of noticeable writers and artists fled the company. And DC Comics replaces Marvel at the top of the sales charts. It's a bad time. It's a time for fresh ideas and a new approach mm. um, so the idea for the ultimate Marvel imprint is developed by um, Bill James. Bill James wanted to reinvent the Marvel universe because he felt that 40 years of backstory, 50 years of backstory whatever, it had become inaccessible to new readers if you don't have new readers if you're not making new fans, your industry dies, how long have you got left? i got, I got a pub down the road, Will, right? Yeah, In the area, is just older people. Mm. There are newer people in the town. Sorry, not newer people, younger people in the town. Younger people, m- older than our generation, they don't really drink. And they certainly don't drink the way that our generation is the last to do, where you go to the pub multiple times a week, it's part of your social hub. Mm. A local pub is dying. There is nobody... I spoke to the last two landlords. Said you've got this pub has got maybe fifteen years left. Ooh. In fifteen years, all of these people, the bread and butter of this pub, will be dead. Oof. And when they die, who are the younger people to replace them? There are not yeah. any. I'm going to be then the last, the lot, the, the, the last people in the pub, and the pub's going to close because you're not getting new customers coming through. Well, if you're not developing new readers for comic books, yes. then then the comic book industry has got, what has it got left in it? 20 years? 25 years? Um, So not being accessible to new readers is a real problem. And Bill Jemis wanted to start this reinvented universe with a reinvented Spider-Man. They brought in a writer called Brian Michael Bendis, and it was a tremendous success, right? It was um, greeted with a lot of enthusiasm from fans and critics. Like, there was a lot of worry that bringing someone in to give a new Spider-Man for a new generation, is it going to be Peter, Park, Peter Parker wearing a baseball cap backwards, <laughs> h- hitting the Green Goblin with a skateboard?
1: <laughs>
0: Catch you that- on the flip side, Norman. How know, are you there's doing, some, fellow Avengers? <laughs> there's, there's just a lot of... Yeah, but what, what, but what Brian Michael Bendis and, and Mark Bagley crafted was a really, as we looked at, a really well-put story. They took the Spider-Man origin story in the heart of the character and they placed it into a modern time but with modern sensibilities and mm-hmm. and and um dialogue that was more at home in a um a tv series like the oc or something like that than um i will defeat you spider-man for i yeah. am dr octopus so th- there's a lot of success with that is that bill Jemis Tried, who was the uh, I think he was the president of Marvel Comics um, or maybe he was the publisher I can't remember. He he tried to bring in a lot more attention to Marvel Comics as a whole using Ultimate Spider Man. Hmm. So he 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 sought out new distribution chains. He went to big shops that that um, that, that America had like Walmart and pay less shoes. And he sold comic books in these shoe shops and in Walmart, something that Marvel hadn't been doing in a long, long time. These are new markets that have tons and tons, thousands upon thousands, maybe even millions of casual buyers of the right age wandering through, as opposed to, you put your comic in a comic book shop and comic book fans read it, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to find new people. He was also giving copies of it away at some um, amazing conventions and and things like that. And um, that helped to get an awful lot of attention on it. Ultimate Spider-Man ends up becoming a real um, critical success. Um, But the Ultimate Line's first sales hit is Ultimate X-Men. Ah, okay. Okay. Which is approached with the same thing, you know, by the time you get to the end of the 90s with the X-Men, you've not only got great stories like the, the the Dark Phoenix Saga and Days of Future Past, you've got this huge period when Chris Clement left in the early 90s, and a bunch of other head writers came aboard to to, to the X-Men, and started mysteries with no idea... Of the conclusion (laughs) And then they'd leave And some other writer would have to try And end a mystery that they didn't know Anything about and it became incredibly Convoluted in the 90s It's that flying by the seat of your pants
1: Writing that I've come to expect From Marvel Comics Well uh, um, Trying to resolve something Basically going oh how can we
0: resolve this Like we've written ourselves into a corner almost Sometimes that can be positive, but Mm. in the 90s, it was not with the X-Men. Ultimate X-Men nearly doubled the sales of Ultimate Spider-Man. And it was a a, a sale, a real big sales hit. It outsold the regular X-Men comics from the the rest of the universe. Um, And it was created by a controversial Scottish writer called Mark Miller and an an artist called um, Adam Kubert. Now, Adam Kubert redesigned the X-Men for for the modern age, um, and this would be outside of Spider-Man, who just had traditional costume. This would set the pace for the Ultimate Universe. Mm. Gone are the bright, colorful, traditional superhero costumes, and instead we get superheroes that wear a lot more kind of like black leather and Kevlar, and more in line with the Matrix yeah. movies, and indeed more in line with the 2000 X-Men movie. Mm. And that would dominate the the uh, the Ultimate Universe. Miller's X Men stories were like fast based, action driven, but he introduced tons of British cynicism and nihilistic humor and and like dark, edgy tones to the book and the characters. Like the characters were a lot more morally grey. Mm. So instead of having a long soap opera love triangle between Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey, when the assassin Wolverine turns up at the X Men fancies Jean Grey but finds out she has a boyfriend, he tries to murder him (laughs) so he can have Jean Grey all to himself. Um, That's Mark Miller, all right. In a a post-9-11 world, Mark Miller cast mutants as the ultimate terrorists with Magneto as a charismatic leader of the oppressed waging his own jihad against the American government. He gave interviews at the time, Miller did, saying that His comics aren't trying to compete with Cartoon Network. They're trying to compete with network television, cable television, all these things for for teenagers' time and attention, not cartoons. They're competing with sitcoms. They're competing with Homicide Life on the Street. They're competing with The O.C. His Ultimate X-Men is a big smash hit, and so he's tapped to become the writer of the next Ultimate Comic a rebooted version of the Avengers. Up to this point, before before the Ultimate X-Men, Mark Miller's most famous work had been a series for DC Comics called The Authority. And Ah. in The the Authority, Hmm. he had, with great glee and permission from DC Comics, had this team fight an army of horrific pastiches of Marvel superheroes, (laughs) including (laughs) a Captain America... Analog that was a rapist, and an Iron Man analog that murdered babies. Oh, the X Men the X Men in this thing were white supremacists. Mm-hmm. So Bill Jemis and Joe side of the editor in chief were now poised to hand over the keys to the castle, Marvel's top tier <laughs> Marvel characters, to this man. Oh boy! And it was it was a brilliant move. Miller yeah. was was paired up by an artist called Brian Hitch, who had earned a reputation for drawing comics that look like movies. Yeah. Heaping the artist on the first series of of The Authority with Warren Ellis. Um, So it's full of like photorealistic figures and enormous widescreen action superheroes. Um, Brian Hitch said that when talking about The Ultimates, being able to actually make an Avengers film wasn't on anybody's radar. So that's what me and Mark decided to do. We said The Ultimates is going to be Avengers The Movie from scratch how are we going to do this Miller and Hitch crafted these updated takes on on the Avengers that were so on the nose they'd be lifted almost wholesale by the MCU a few years later amazing the, the movie Avengers don't reach back to the 1960s or 70s for their take on these characters they simply reach to 2001 and, and and take liberally from the Ultimates the the classic Avengers of the comics were these it was almost like a private club of superheroes that hung out in in a, in a big mansion where they had a swimming pool and a butler. <laughs> the Ultimates are a military operation that are kind of under the directive of the army. They're assembled by super spy Nick Fury. The classic Hawkeye is a wise-cracking super archer with gadgets and a big purple mask. Ultimate Hawkeye is a hardened Black Ops soldier in dark leather who spent his career working with the Black Widow. Classic Iron Man is... He's a ladies' man, but he's sweet. He's a good guy with a firm code of ethics. Ultimate Iron Man is cynical. He's a womanizing alcoholic. Um, <laughs> and he's kind of maybe utterly cowardly.
1: Mm. Um
0: Classic Nick Fury in the comics is an old white man with graying hair, chomping on a cigar, yelling about World War II. Ultimate Nick Fury is literally drawn to be Samuel L. Jackson Mm. in 2001. So the inspiration on the MCU is incredible from this series. We would not have had the MCU that we know without Mark Miller and Brian Hitch's The Ultimates. Which the movie we're looking at today adapts, it just would not have happened that way. But the Ultimates doesn't just bring us like updated versions of, of of Marvel characters; it gives us social commentary and and political satire, an outsider's view of America from a wild Scotsman. <laughs> so best Miller pushes Captain America's macho behavior and patriotism to levels that split audiences. <laughs> If you got it, if you got the satire, if you were European or if you were American and got that satire, it was hilarious what he was doing, the over-the-top mm. nature of it. Not making him a caricature, but poking fun. But lots of American readers took it, took this Captain America on face value. And were happy that a comic book was being pro military. No. Speaking to the New Republic, Mark Miller said um, Europeans uh, tend to be pretty left wing, and Scotland's always been a left wing country. So I'm always just suspicious of uniforms. People would say I joined the army after reading the Ultimates because I wanted to make a difference in the Middle East, and I was like, I meant the opposite of that. <laughs> The Ultimates is a biting satire of American military expansionism after 9-11. As much as much as it's 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 as much about military budgets and PR campaigns as it is about fighting aliens. Um, Miller was really, really good in this series, especially the first 13 issues, 12, 13 issues, the first run, which is called Ultimates One. Mm-hmm. He's really good at exposing and deconstructing the very ugly parts of the superhero. So the exaggerated macho sensibilities and what we would today call toxic masculinity, which were a part of these characters when they were created in the 60s and 70s and never really sort of left some of them. He took these negative character traits and turned the volume on those traits up to 11, sometimes (laughs) playing them for intense drama and sometimes playing them for over-the-top laughs. The, the, but the the success was not just in like not just in the money the legacy of the ultimates is incredible. The ultimate universe changed comic books forever. It popularized what we've discussed before decompression storytelling mm. where instead of plots being compressed into one issue, you buy an issue of Avengers or spider-man you'd have a beginning and a middle and an end what what the ultimates popularized and ultimate spider-man is that a story would now play out over five and six issues and given the space to breathe, to develop, to let characters grow and shine before the big fight happens and the adversary is overcome. It's
1: pr- it seems to be pretty much the standard nowadays. You have these story arcs that last around that time. You d- you don't get so much, uh, so many like one shot comics
0: like you know one one issue stories. The-, the Ultimate Universe I- it completely changed the industry. Yeah. it completely changed the industry. A big part of it, aside from the quality, I mean, if the writing is very good, and w- once you get a change in dialogue, because that's the other thing it did. Ultimate Universe changed dialogue in comic books forever. Mark Miller and Brian Michael Bendis wrote their comic books like, like TV show scripts, ditching the old wooden clunky exposition that largely played a part in superhero comics until the end of the 90s. If your dialogue is exciting and interesting to read, and your characters are interesting, and you want them to develop, then it's great to have five or six issues to pace a story out. You can build the threat of the antagonist over that time. You can have rises and falls and things like that, and you can build characters. But on a a, a financial level, Will, what you're doing is creating stories that play very, very well as a six-issue trade paperback collection Mm. or graphic novel, you might call it. (laughs) So what they're doing in the single issues is creating something that plays very, very well on the bookshelf at, I don't know what the bookshops are called in America, <laughs> Barnes & Noble, or in the bookshops here in this country, Waterstones. So that's very collectible and profitable. Mm. Instead of going to the comic bookshop and buying these issues, I, well, I go every you know every couple of months to Waterstones, to Barnes and & Noble, and I'll buy... Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 3, which is a collection of six issues. And that's the entire, let's say, Craven the Hunter story. Done. And then later that year, I'll go and buy Volume 4, which is another story. So it's, there's a financial reason for doing that as well. But the popularity of, of um, Ultimate Marvel shot Marvel Comics back to the top of the sales chart. For several years, if you looked at the list of the top ten comics being sold in America per month, Ultimate Comics would account for five or six of those top ten spots. Um, it was incredibly popular. You would look at it and say, if it's Marvel versus, it, you could take regular Marvel out of the equation. Ultimate Marvel is trouncing DC Comics. This little imprint on its own is trouncing DC Comics. Let Oof. alone the legacy, like the 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 classic Amazing Spider-Man comic, the classic Uncanny X-Men comic. They're not getting a look in. Comics journalist Heidi McDonald said Ultimate Marvel really saved the industry at that time. It reignited interest amongst Marvel fans and it got new readers to read comics for the first time. And Avengers director Joss Whedon, when talking about adapting what he what would take from those comics and put in the movie, he said it's my feeling that the Ultimates brought Marvel into the modern age in a way that no other book did what is in your mailbag this week will why it's a mail oh how surprising how surprising yes it's the mailbag
1: let's first up is cody 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 oh, oh.
0: he's he sharing it. that song with Avi Arid now i feel bad for Cody. <laughs> hey that song's
1: Big enough for several people Universal I don't have any memories of this movie Or the series of movies But I'm excited to watch this Thanks for writing
0: in Cody (laughs) (laughs) Oh sorry he says more okay
1: But I'm excited to watch this for the episode DC has such a big animated movie presence I'm surprised Marvel doesn't I haven't seen a ton of the DC animated movies So I don't know how good they are But I don't know why Marvel doesn't try the same thing Especially now when they are a big
0: name Thanks for writing in, Cody. Um, I would say, Marvel Animation um, had it like was going in different directions. So Marvel put more effort into uh, animated series for major networks, TV mm. shows for major networks, which are watched by kids. To make new fans, kids whose parents spend tons of money on toys. <laughs> and to make trends of these. So so DVDs selling directly to existing fans only. That's okay. And as we said, you can make, you know, maybe seven to nine million from a DVD. But from two thousand and ten onwards, like DC had about five animated shows on major networks. Marvel had like eighteen. <laughs> like b- and some of that is because they, you know, they're Disney affiliated and they've got lots of channels and stuff. Um, but they they made they made like like twelve, thirteen of these animated movies, and you know from two thousand and six onwards. But they also made loads and loads of those animated TV. They made no, sorry, they made loads of animated TV But they also made animated movies for the Disney Channel. They just didn't release them as DVDs sometimes. Oh, okay, and they did have a weird. They had something that was much more for the comic book fan. Direct adaptations, basically. They were called, they were under the Marvel Knights banner. Marvel Knights animation, maybe? Something Mm -hmm. like that. And it was not full animation, it was like a hybrid of comic book panels and animation. I don't quite know how they did it. I've watched them, I thought they were a little odd to look at. But. It was like a comic book come to life, um, and so they would do those kind of uh, TV movies or DVD movies of re- very well thought of Marvel Marvel stories. Yeah, but Marvel's focus, I guess, was 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 um, making cartoons for major TV networks. Cody, I think that's what they did rather than how do we sell DVDs to people that already like our comics? <laughs> yes, yeah, different thing.
1: Kuten Canuck wrote in to say will rob hey i remember attempting to watch this movie several times when i was younger i think something about the more punchy tone made it difficult for me to get super invested as a kid who grew up watching the bruce Timm justice league cartoon but i revisited it when you first announced that you were covering this and i'm very impressed with all of it the animation is good the acting is pretty good and while some of the story elements i like i can I like I I can better credit to the comic creators I like how this movie blends a little bit of the 616 in regards to characterization and things like Project Avenger the scene I remember very distinctly to the point where I thought it was part of an ongoing cartoon is the scene where they picked up Hank at his garage lab what an arrogant jackass this version of Hank is movie and ultimate comic and especially in the comic I do get a grim satisfaction watching him fall on his face after being terrible to Jan my ultimate thoughts ha as far as This comic goes, is that I really enjoy the first two volumes as a story of what if superheroes came about as a response to 9 11 and the extended consequences of things like celebrity heroes and heroes being used for military intervention and how that bites you in the ass in the end. Also, Thor the Eco Warrior should have played more into the MCU, in my humble opinion. He's very fun. I also love the look of Ultimate Mjolnir and how MCU Stormbreaker clearly took a page from it. As far as the film goes, Part of me wishes they had done more with it, but from what I could tell, the sequel wasn't fantastic. So
0: I'm fine with leaving this where it is. Thank you, King Canuck. Um I don't, I don't remember the sequel being bad at all. The Black Panther one, I remember enjoying it, but um, I don't know. It's been a long time. I, I haven't revisited these until 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 uh, doing it for the show. Um, yeah, I don't think we're gonna get Disney allowing an eco warrior to mm-hmm. criticize corporations
1: oh, in their no. movies.
0: I yeah. I just have a feeling that's not that's not what's going on. But yeah, it is amazing yeah. how just how much of what is in this animated movie because of its source material winds up in the the, the Avengers uh live action stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dylan Timmons said, This was my jam. Before superhero movies got really good with the MCU, these DVD movies were all we had and they were amazing. They didn't have to be kid-friendly like the cartoons on TV so they could push the envelope more and get and be more mature. For a while, you could head to Best Buy five or six times a year and get a new Marvel or DC movie. Sounds weird saying that today with new movies and TV shows coming out all the time, but back in the early noughties, that was huge.
0: Yes! yes. You're absolutely right, is it, Dylan? You're absolutely right, Dylan. Yeah, yeah it was
1: it was it was massive. Comic book fans had never had it so good. I remember getting this movie and the Black Panther sequel when they came out, plus the awesome spy, uh, sorry Superman Doomsday movie and then later on there was the Planet Hulk movie and a Green Lantern movie. An amazing time. I always thought the Ultimate Avengers was a nearly perfect way of doing an Avengers movie and I saw so many similarities when the live action movie came out uh, years later. It's like Marvel knew how good this cartoon was and used it as a kind of blueprint for what they should do. Thanks for all the shows and all the hard work you guys do. There's
0: no other podcast like MVM. Thank you Dylan, thanks for writing in. Um yeah, it was it was it was a great it was a good time. It turns out with me like I said having a, a job where I had a quite a nice bit of disposable income. So, you know, you could go and drop 20, 25 quid six times a year on a new movie. And in, and, and you weren't, like you said, there were two superhero movies that came out that year, proper ones, and you're you, you, you were lucky to get one a year. And the adaptations weren't that, you know, you you get one Marvel movie in this year and it sucks. <laughs> so being able to go and watch something that's more catered to you hmm. in an animated form was cool.
1: It was cool. Absolutely. Finally, Toby J got in touch, I've just finished my second listening of your Infinity War epic and I had to write in to say congratulations for making it this far and to thank you for those three amazing episodes. The last time I listened, I had the podcast on while I was at work, so I wanted to give it a second listen when I was distracted. It was even better the second time round. I love how you guys can give us history and context, but also keep laughing the whole time. Rob would be so boring without Will, and he knows it. How dare you? Oh, yes, this is good. Finally, the the sides have turned <laughs> your for you. favourite so- letter. Oh, yeah, this is, this is a great letter, because all the times you make fun of my intelligence, it turns around. In between my <laughs> Infinity War listens, I signed up for the Patreon and binged my way through your Infinity Gauntlet bonus show. Wow. What can I say other than wow? What can you say about a story that's darts with the snap i can't believe how different thanos is in the comic book version it's so funny that he's such a simp for death i love this bonus show and i can't wait to listen to more
0: of your comic book deep dives thanks for getting in touch toby J. and thanks for subscribing and supporting us on patreon thanks for doing the right thing so many people out there aren't doing the right thing i tell you who is though it's peter J. it's brandon schmigilski it's randall schmidt it's Bass beer sam Bindy, Sue P, Jack Davis, Billy Brown, Zubair Q, and David Fan. Those are the top, top supporters on Patreon that keep this show on the air, support us in an incredible way. Um, we thank them for everything that they do. There are 78 bonus episodes available right now. Um, like Toby J said last month, The bonus episode on Patreon was a deep dive into the stories that inspired the Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet. We'll take you through the resurrection of Thanos, his quest for the Infinity Gems, his battles with Adam Warlock and the Silver Surfer, his obsession with death, his alliance with Mephisto, his war (laughs) with the Avengers... It's an incredible story. Will you I think you said it's your favorite one in recent memory. Yeah, it's it's up
1: there. It's absolutely up there. This this was such a good episode. I can see how it would have inspired
0: such a brilliant film. That's what is waiting for you, along with every other bonus deep dive that we've ever done. Um, You sign up to us on Patreon at the £10 tier, the VIEP tier, get access to the big, big, big deep dives. And this month, we're going to take you on a deep dive into the ultimates. We're covering tons of trivia in this episode, of course we always do, but there's so much more to get into, our bonus deep dive And the month of September is the full Ultimates, Mark Miller's Ultimates, which includes a second season that is not even touched upon in this episode. Um, It's a season... Where all an awful lot happens more infighting with the Avengers, the truth behind Ultimate Thor. Um, America uses the Ultimates to go to war with foreign countries. Um, <laughs> a shocking betrayal amongst the team. Uh, and the team face a team of super villains for the first time, um, the only time really. So, yeah, we do both seasons of Mark Miller's Ultimates on. The, uh, the bonus deep dive on Patreon You sign up and you can get access to 39 deep dive bonus episodes Plus you can get access to uh, every main show Early access um, three days beforehand There's 35 mini shows available As well as the 39 deep dives It's just huge Patreon.com slash Marvel versus you, Marvel You keep coming back You love these episodes We know you do But we need you guys to support us. It's the only way we can afford the time and the effort and the hard work it takes to make these episodes. You've got to do the right thing. You've got to support us just for the cost of a cup of coffee. Just three Brexit English pounds is how you can support us. If you think of all the times you get a little bit of joy, a little bit of entertainment listening to this show, is that worth three pounds in a month? Mm. Is it worth whatever the American equivalent of three pounds is? Is it worth less than a fiver? It, it, of course it is. Get on over to patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel. Do the right thing. Support us and in, in exchange get some awesome, awesome bonus content. On the other side of this break we have the patented deep dive into Ultimate Avengers the movie, the blueprint for the MCU.